That's me. For real. Yeah. <laughs> ah, saludita, viejo. Hey. I don't like that you were all like. You made that, you, you made that for real? Bro, I'm a. Fruity Loops, Ableton. No, no, papá. Puro iPhone app. Nail, dog. Puro pinche Studio Logic, Apple. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, I got lost in that. Okay. I got lost. I mean, music is, music ultimately is my, my, my beginning, my middle, and my end. Well, that's no, where everything. Nobody can charge you or sue you for it. So yeah. That's, that's so, freaking awesome. Yeah, man. Like this, this is a legit studio that we're setting up. So okay. we're getting the band back together. Well, just the lead singer and myself, and we're rewriting a bunch of stuff. I used to do production, bro. Like I used to do a... Um, I did a soundtrack for surf and skate videos, you know, and they just wanted me to like compose background music. So that's, that's what I like. Before we had kids, I was, I had my legit studio in our garage and that's where, that's where I made that shit happen. And then now it's like, oh, I feel like this kind of doing the podcast kind of opened up that avenue again for me to do my own shit. You know, I love music, music, like I said. To keep my mind creative, I've been messing around with the, uh, the Koala app. Have you seen that? I have not. Check that out on the iPhone. Koala app. It's fucking dope. But it, it's like it's like serious music composition or is it just like dropping a deuce in the bathroom and here we go, I'm going to connect these two. It's like having a SB1200, um, but on steroids. Two. I'm down. Yeah, it's really right. nice. But, yeah. just, you know, just messing around, just keep my mind so sharp. While you're over here just trying to belittle my, my performance in my opening song, yeah, that is me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it took a while to grow on me. Jesus Christ. But that is the oh. intro and then the the, the Carlos Paez, it just it, Next it, level. it works yeah, really bro. well. Damn. All right, man. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I make you proud, dog. Oh wait, what you can say? Oh, you're proud of me, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest critique I know, a mentor of mine, he didn't even know, but I anointed that him on him. Perdón, Cesar Fernandez, bro. Cesar, a long time, bro. It's been a while. I it's appreciate you welcoming me, welcoming me back. Always. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> There's a lot going on in my realm. Go ahead, bro. You know what? First off, let I know what you do. Okay. I know what you say you do. Uh huh. What do you really do? What is El Compita Cesar all about? So I'm an educator of 22 years, mm. originally a math teacher. Right now I oversee um, expanded learning or after school programs for the district at about 17 sites. And overwhelming. So, yeah, it's overwhelming. But I am also uh, the union vice president. I represent over 1,700 teachers in this district, but I am now transitioning to a new role. Overwhelming with a bridging of the gap to something less overwhelming? Less overwhelming, but but more in my line of work. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I will be running the pack for the Teachers Association. That sounds big deal, bro. That sounds like it's big deal. So the new title as of uh, July 1st will be Political Director. Damn, bro. Political Director. I'm going to be throwing bows in the political arena. I, I don't doubt it. I, you seem like you're a splinter. On a piece of wood in an otherwise with the grain mentality with people. Definitely, man. And and we made our impact felt in the uh, the last round of elections mm-hmm, here mm-hmm, locally. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the woman that I had you interview, Lucy. La Lucy. Gatti, she won. She of crushed course she it. did, bro. We're two for two with politicians who come in here. Along with a, a couple of others that I really was invested in big time, they they won. So now that means you take it to your next level. That's right. So that's right. Pack 
Let's do again, bro. Again, you know my middle Mexican head, bro. I, I can't wrap my head around all these acronyms. What, what political action committee? But I am the political director. I run the pack. Out of you, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm dog. I'm super happy with it. It's it's going to be less meetings, but it's going to be more the work that I really love to do outside of teaching. So uh, so I'm excited about this about this new role. So how has a pandemic thrown a curveball to you with all of these ventures currently? You know, obviously everything is remote as it is currently. Um, I believe you were in the after school program. That seems to be your major mainstay, what you did prior. How has the pandemic fucked everything up for you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so because our district had some financial troubles, they did say, hey, we need you to go back and teach. We're going to eliminate your after-school position at the district. Cool. I got it. I've done this before. I love it. So uh, last semester, I taught at Otay Ranch. I taught math, had some awesome, awesome students. Um, but- I mean, I had to learn how to teach from home. Yeah. And so so there really isn't anybody to show you how to use all these different platforms. So it was a lot of sitting on my ass watching YouTubes and then going and practicing because it's not easy to take what you've taught in person and then make it consumable online. Well, guess what? Everybody you're trying to teach online is learning how to learn online. They're yeah. all learning how to attend school from home, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that's crazy, man. I didn't, I see it firsthand just cause of wifey, you know, like I, I come in, I cruise through after work and you know, I, I help out. I put a hand here, put a hand there, but we got three little boys all in it, you know, preschool, first grade and third grade. And they're like in it, in it. So I feel bad for wifey and I try to do more, but I'm being pulled in every which way direction. Hats off to you, you know, one as a leader in your industry and also being a soldier on the fucking field, bro. Mm. And then hats off to all the stay-at-home parents right now. Everyone's at home. Everyone's a stay-at-home parent currently. Teaching your kids, wearing all the hats, man. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's gone on for a long time. And so I know people- Happy anniversary, been, bro. It's been one year it's today. Been one year. Today. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. I remember, I remember reaching out to my union president as well as the other presidents in the South County. And I said, we got to shut this shit down. This was like March 9th. So a week prior, you were already seeing the- Right. And, and so they had written up a letter and they had given it to their superintendents. Well, two days after that, LA closed and then San Diego Unified closed. And those are the big dominoes, bro. Yeah. Once those fall, boom, we fall. And so I said, damn, we really are going to shut this shit down. And that was Friday, March 13th. Mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah. And you're right. It's been a year. Yeah. Because we closed Monday, March 16th. Mm -hmm. You know, today's what is today? Tuesday, March 16th. So yeah, today. One year anniversary of shutting down, still in it. A little bit more freedoms. Today, actually, we're getting announced that uh, we're being allowed 25% indoor seating. Okay. So things are slowly starting to, you know, present themselves in a sense of normalcy, but we're nowhere near what it was, you know? So 25% of your capacity. Indoors. Yeah. So basically people around the bar and people along the bar railings, you know? But you know what? Everybody in the hood has, we've fallen in love with the outdoor mentality. So so it's kind of similar for, for schools. So we're trying to fit as many kids in a room uh, with the six feet in between them, right? And mm. so that usually works out to be anywhere between like 12 to 14 kids. How do you find out who makes a cut? Uh, so, so there's different models, mm. okay? So originally- uh, we were going to ask teachers, you know, who's who's struggling the most, who's not even accessing you at all. Give us those names and we're going to reach out to the parents. So that was one model. Now, with the new shit that the mm. governor just threw out a week ago. Remind us what happened. Mad, oh, mad curveball. It's called uh, SB86. Okay. Uh, homie just found $6.4 billion laying around and said, I'm going to throw this at schools nice. so that they can open That's up. That's a good thing. 
It's a good thing. Double-edged sword. It's a good thing. However, we've been planning for almost a year on what safety looks like and what how we're going to select our students, only to have it change a week ago. So with that, you have to invite back one grade level. You have to open up all your schools and you have to uh, you have to invite back your your students with needs, your special ed, okay, your, your English learners, right? Your homeless and foster youth. So, and are those all in the same category? Special ed, ESL, and homeless. Well, some of them over, overlap. Okay, but I'll tell you what. So, in a district of thirty six thousand kids, it honestly equated to about half of them. Oh man! Now, now, here's the deal, though. You don't have to you don't have to serve them all because not all of them are going to want to come back. Their parents aren't going to want to send them back. You have to offer it to all of them, right? Ultimately, the ball is in the parental's court. Absolutely. As it should be. Yeah, as it should be. Are you willing to send your kid back? Yeah. And, and that's so where that's we are. How- as a parent, that's where we are kind of, bro. We're, we're in that position. We're like, oh my God, do we send our kids back? Like we just got our vaccinations, you know, and I'm pretty sure you have gotten it or not yet. I don't know what the, the protocol is for educators. Right. And so it's been open for all educators to be vaccinated as of last week. Um, my second shot, I'll be getting that March 22nd. How do you, my man? How do you? How do um blanket statement? How did the pandemic, how did COVID affect you and yours? Um, well, I mean, it affected us. It affected us greatly. And, and um, some folks out there know the story. Um, but uh, uh, a bunch of our family, three branches of our family got sick mm. despite not getting together. Our Thanksgiving uh, was a Thanksgiving of three people, me, my wife, and my youngest kid. So at no point in time did we get together with our in-laws or anything like that. Uh, but but both of my suegros, both my in-laws got sick and had to go to the hospital. Um, my brother-in-law and his family, they all got sick. His in-laws got sick. I mean, where we live is one of the most impacted uh, zip codes yeah, in San Diego bro. County. 91910 and 91911. Southern California as a whole, bro. I feel like we always popped up on all the charts when they went into the like the Southern California region. It was always like 91911, 91910, mm-hmm. 92154. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like we're in the we're in the hot zone. The hot zone. So it doesn't matter how safe you want to be. Mm-mm. And that's what this thing did, man. It touched it 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 touched people who walked the straightest of lines. Yeah. It touched people who were wilder now. It touched everybody. And so me and my wife, when the time presented itself, we both went back on campus to to teach small cohorts of kids because we felt they really needed that in-person instruction. And um, and this was before we got sick. And so, you know, my wife and I had that conversation. Do you think that's how we got sick? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, no. I said, we're just in such an impacted zip code. I mean, we're going to Target to buy things. We're going to Costco to buy things. It's just out there. For it me. is. It is. Yeah. Still. Yeah. We're still in it. But we're, but we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and before you before we uh, move on to that, uh, I just want to finish and just say, you know, both my in-laws got sick. They both went to the hospital. And unfortunately, uh, my mother-in-law, Alicia Monge, she, she didn't make it back. And so that was a huge hit uh, to our family and obviously still affecting us to this day. So so we're no stranger to, to covid and, and that huge struggle that people out there are dealing with. Sorry to hear that for you and your family and your loved ones, bro. That's hard. I appreciate that's, it. That's, that's hard. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's, it's been tough. But here we are, man. Like legit, a fucking year after everything got shut down. Yeah. Hurdling all of these obstacles. It's been a crazy journey. It's been crazy. 
Remember when motherfuckers was buying toilet paper and fucking uh, clocks? That was the drama. That was the drama <laughs> for the first month. Bro, think about it. Every, mar- every month since it all started had its own little set of dramas, bro. Toilet paper, food, we're running out of this, we're running out of that, sports, everything's getting shut down. Yeah. Ah, you know what? I'm going to learn how to knit. I got to be more creative. I want to do this. It was a time for like personal growth, like severing relationships, ties that really weren't working for you. It was a, mm. it was a lot of like introspective growth and learning, bro. A lot of motherfuckers got dropped off of the social media fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of a sudden it's like, <laughs> Damn it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, you know, the group I roll with, man, the Emo Brown Foundation, the social club, you, you're part of that as well. Obviously I'd like to like, I'd like to pick your brain moving forward, you know, obviously. Absolutely. Now, now that things are are kind of opening up, like we said, we do see the light at the end of the tunnel. We had our moment of introspection, you know? Mm-hmm. I, you're often viewed as the elder in, in, in our circle. One, because motherfucker, because you old. Damn. You know? <laughs> one, because you check that box. Fuck you. <laughs> How old are you, bro? I'm 47. Yeah, bro, you're older. Yeah. So, we're, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean, look. You possess a lot of knowledge, you know, you possess, you possess a lot of like connections and circles that ultimately what we're trying to do, it will reach out to, mm. you know, like we, we, we created the nonprofit in order to reach out and help uh, students that have everything in line, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they have the plate, they have the fork, they have the night, they're just missing that steak. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the rounders reference. So I done. really appreciate that. Crazy man, his money. <laughs> so it's like, you know, what can we do? And, and the group I roll with, bro, they're a majority of business owners and educators, uh, you know? Yeah. That overlaps in the Venn diagram and that Venn diagram is like, all right, cool. Let's give back. We're in a position where we can give back. Yeah. And um, we started the scholarship foundation, right? Where we want to reach out and give these kids an opportunity to, you know, fuck, why am I even trying? I don't have money to get in. I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to get this. It's like, we want to say, well, well, you know what? We can throw a little bit of a life preserver. Like we can help you with this. We sat down with my cousin who runs the UC Berkeley um, ran because everything I believe is still on shut financial advisory board. Mm-hmm. And she was on the uh, scholarship committee. So she okay. decides ultimately like who, how, when, and where, what needs to get done, the process, this, that, and the other. And she, she schooled us. We were fucking elated to have her in. And now she's part of the advisory board for our scholarships. And now with you, I was like, how do we implement what we're doing to the schools? Like okay. the, the topic of discussion for us has been like, oh, well, who gets it? Like we have to like, we can't open it up to everything. We got to make sure we're like segmented and, and, and the demographic fits this. Blah, 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 blah. We're curious, you, you're involved with 1700 teachers. Yeah. How, what's the best method for us to inject what we're doing into the right places? I mean, so, so really it starts with talking to somebody at the district level, the superintendent and some, some of the board members, right? And so you get one of them, or two of them behind it, and it's a it's a wrap. All right. You can really tailor your scholarship to the kind of student you're looking to support, right? And so it starts it starts there, right? What kind of student or students are we looking to support? Mm-hmm. As a union, we have uh, five different scholarships we give out every year, and and honestly, you know, it, a lot of it's based off of academics and then need, and then obviously they have to write us some kind of a statement that you know something that. Really, seals the deal really gets our ear you uh-huh. know what i mean um um but how you move forward with that is, is start with that student start with the student that you really really want to support what does that student look like boom those are your qualifications and then that's how you move forward with it then take it to the school district that you want to support so obviously you're going to go to a nearby 
secondary district like ours, mm -hmm. right? You want to choose somebody who's graduating, and give them some money. Is For that, sure. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. That's it. What we oh. learned is it's more than that. What we learned is we want to obviously do that and, and, and financially have that support. But what happens year two when little Caesar is 17, graduated from high school? Now he's, he's at San Diego State. He's 18 now. Mm. We gave him his, his, his uh, scholarship, his financing. Now what? Do we just let him free? No. What we want to do is we want to maintain that relationship. You know, we want to. We want, imagine like the movies, you know, like when somebody takes somebody under their wing and be like, okay, financially, we're going to help you with this much every semester. We're going to unleash this. But if you have questions, if you have concerns, if you need something, we're trying to build a support group of, you know, adults that have been there. You know, we have a young lady who is heavily invested in financial advisory and, and, and just like socially, she, she's involved at Berkeley. She knows what questions to ask how to get to the, the, the root of situations. And then us, man, we're knuckleheads. We're business owners. We we know how to get from A to B. We, we feel like we possess certain things that we can help people. So we want to build a relationship. Yeah. And it grows further than just scholarships because we, we're also etching out a little play for, for trade schools. You know, we're also etching out a place for, for, for people, youngsters from like 17 to 21 who don't want school. Because that seems to be a, a topic that seems to be arising more, like especially during the pandemic. Maybe school ain't their way. Yeah, so so we call those CTE teachers now. They used to be called ROP back in the days, right? And so it's the career technical educators. And honestly, they've they've really been doing a fantastic job. Um, I don't doubt it, man. Right. And so so it would be awesome if you if you guys would support a student that wants to move forward with their technical education, um, whether it be connecting them with the right union for whatever work they want. Uh, because I've done that kind of work too. Somebody says to me, hey, I want to get a job in the metal shop union, but I don't think I can pass the math portion of the test. All right, well, let's do a few weekends together. Let's look at the practice test and let's make it happen. So if there were some way that the Ingle Brown Foundation could shore up some union folks like that, that could invite them to come take their tests or go through whatever it is they, you know, education they go through at their facilities, I think that that would be awesome to make that connection. Thank you. You're the guy. Yeah. You're, you're our guy right there, bro. I mean, that's a, I mean, ultimately the financing we're, we're good at raising money. I mean, you, you know, we did that last year. We did that for the the three schools here locally. You know, we did it. We met, we exceeded our goal. Our goal was 3000. We hit almost six G's bro. Yeah. In three weeks. Yeah. So that's kind of like that, that lit our fire. We're like, fuck it, man. Let's go more. Let's and, keep going. And did you have the foundation at that time? Had no, we had to, okay. we used the middleman. We used the YMCA, the right. homie Justin Lifford worked um, his magic with his company. Mm -hmm. And ultimately they were the people who handed out the checks and facilitated everything. And we may still go that route until our nonprofit is fully vetted and approved and up and running. You know, that you have to have like a board of directors, don't you? You're looking at the president of the Emo Brown Club, bro. <laughs> and then, and then you, for real, then Chicle is our, uh, he's, he's our treasurer, then Christian, he's our secretary, my best friend Gus, he's our vice president, and so on and so forth. We have a media relations, we, we have a, uh, a community relations, you know, it's like we have a, fu a fundraiser vice president. So, I mean, we legit had to build this out and structure it out in that way so we can get approval. So, right mm -hmm. now, we submitted everything for review, and that shit takes like, six to eight months. Mm. It's not like, oh, you know what? I'm going to open a nonprofit. They vet you. They look at everything. So that's where we're at right now. So while we're in that process, it's like, cool, let's set up the next events. Yeah. Let's set up the next fundraisers. Let's set up what are our goals? You yeah. know, who do we need to involve? Who do we need to network with to make this process easier? And that's where you come in. That's where my cousin comes in. Those were all the people that were, were we, we link up with because we, we knew going in, it would be a task, but now it's like, oh fuck, we can do this. 
I mean, we can do this. Yeah, because I remember, you know, I saw I was part of the event where you raised money. Uh, it was it was powerful. It was it looked like it was easy for you to pull off, quite frankly. It, so was, I, it was. So I know you could do it again, yeah. probably at a much larger scale. And the and then I I just had one simple question was like, oh, how did you choose those schools? And it wasn't really like a critique. It's just <laughs> like, what process did you use to choose those schools? But hey, this sounds like something that you're gonna be willing to carry out for years, and you want to create like maybe an alumni type situation yes. where where those folks that you support to come back and support the new folks. Ultimately, we'd like to hand yeah. off the baton to them and have yeah. them take over everything that we're doing. So, but I mean, to, t- to turn back to what you asked, like how do we choose those schools? Those schools were are schools that directly work with the YMCA at that time, okay. you know, and the, we, the only the only stipulation we want is like, it, just make sure they're South-based schools. You know, it's like, you got to take care of people you see every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, we don't want to be on a large a large spectrum where it's like, it just, it's a trickle in the bucket, you know? Yeah. Like here we took care of schools that are, man, within five mile radius from here, from the brewery, from downtown Chula Vista, within three mile radius. Yeah. So it was like, cool. And, and YMCA offers a program, educational program through those schools. So it was just perfect, bro. Okay. Ultimately we ended up raising six G's, a thousand per family for the three families, one for each school. Every student in that program ultimately got a nice little gift card as well. Okay. Um, we also had bikes donated by a local fire department, local Chula Vista police. So we, in turn, you know, gave one to each school and they decide. We wiped our hands clean in the sense that we don't have to choose who, what, or what. We didn't know anything about that. We're, we just like, we'll raise the money and we'll hand it over to you and just make sure it all goes through the people and that, you know, in this demographic that we're working with now. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, all right, cool. Let's go to that demographic. Let's go all San Diego County. Let's reach out to people who have that access. Here you are, Papin. There you go. There you go. So I look forward to working with you and getting this done, man, because- one hundred percent. Let's keep it South Bay, though. How how far north do you want to go? <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta take care of San Diego. No. Come on. <laughs> well, okay. I was gonna say it stops at the fifty four, but apparently Damn. you want to go to the eight. No, ninety four. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. I'll oh. go to the ninety four. <laughs> I ain't right, trying right. to go. I don't even know what's on the other side of the eight, bro. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It looks like. Oakland. What is that? <laughs> it's like, what's on And I'm like, turn back. And Mijo, once upon a time, there used to be a stadium here. Right. <laughs> it just showed by the other day. I hadn't seen it, bro. I was like, whoa. There's nothing there. It's, it's like a big rumble, bro. Yeah. yeah. I see it, bro. So, I mean, yeah, that ultimately, I'm just trying to connect all the dots, tie up all the loose strings to make sure that we are on the right track. Word. That being the case, I have some questions for you. Okay. I have some questions from people that wanted to pick the educator's brain. I love it. And that's you. I love Whether it. you like it or not. Yep. No, I love it. <laughs> um, question coming through from one of the guys, somebody in the gang. What push, if any, is being made to help our education system evolve? More than ever, we are seeing our students of color and students from low socioeconomic status struggling the most. Yeah, so um, the biggest one that I would see is ethnic studies being accepted as a curriculum at the state level. And there's been a lot of arguments as to who belongs in ethnic studies, and that's kind of installing the process. I want to say that there's been some bills that have hit the governor's desk maybe once or twice that just have never been signed. Uh, and, and so we're, we're looking at that as our biggest push to engage and just accurately educate all students, you know, students of color, of course, but white students too, fam. Y'all got to learn the real story. And so that's that's the biggest one, man. And we're actually just starting to form our own um, ethnic studies committee in Sweetwater District. They've had one at San Diego Unified for a while. They're like that close Good. to just making it happen at every high school. And so we'd like to do the same. 
that that's definitely the biggest push. The, the 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 toughest push and where you get the most pushback is when you start to get even more focused and say, well, we want to teach our educators and our staff about what Black Lives Matters looks like at schools. And I know it's a very tough topic for some people to deal with. So we get pushback on, I don't get on stuff like that, right? For me, for me, Black Lives Matters is important because those kids obviously are, are, are not as engaged as other students. And, and then they're suspended at different rates. There was just a study that came out from San Diego State, suspended almost twice the rate mm. in our district. Um, and so when you start to look at Black Lives Matters at school, it's almost like you're pulling a thread on everything else that's How going on. How far will it go? You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Right? So there, there's a lot of punitive practices that affect black students that also affect Latinx students, Asian Pacific Islander students. That's an X. Look at you sneaking that in, bro. <laughs> mm, it's not good for you, man. I mean, honestly, I enjoy I enjoy just shooting the shit. Your mom lives really close to where we live. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I see you on the regular, you know, and, and, and I see you and then I see your your mom's neighbor, you know. So it's like, I enjoy like when the, the back and forth. Turns out on our block, man, there's a lot of people, one that come to the brewery, I get to see a lot or go to the bar. So I get to chat him up right there. And ultimately I find out they live relatively close in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there with the kids playing a lot right now that it's raining. It's hard, but on a normal day, we're out there kicking the ball, throwing the ball, running around, playing dodgeball and somebody will buy us by and then we'll just start shooting the shit, man. And, and I enjoy those moments I have with you and the other people I've mentioned because I get a chance to kind of like pull back the curtain and be like, hey, so what's up? What's going on? And you guys are quick to just like jump into shit and, and we jump in and I, I enjoy those conversations. Man. Always give it the real, man. It, it's a great conversation to have. You got more. Let's see. Like, give me the, give me the questions. Got oh, I wanted to mention too also what we were doing with that um the the, the foundation because you, you brought up certain things. It doesn't stop at school or it doesn't end during like not all roads to success go through a four-year university, a university, mm-hmm. go through a, a trade school. Mm-hmm. Some kids got that hustle mentality. Some kids from the get want to just, you know what? I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do this. So, you know, that's a part of the thing that we're fundraising for is that one, have that big, big ball of financing behind us that we can allocate certain funds. And we were talking about why not have like a shark tank uh, approach, you know, like where kids want to start a business, you know, and it's like, oh, I have this, I have that, all I need to do is this, that, and the other, provide that kind of like a counseling, provide finance grants to kids that, are, that have a, a business model and something, not just give it away. Mm-hmm. You're like, show me what you want. You know, okay, cool. You know what? You can enroll in this program and get it, do that, we'll pay for it. And let's see how it goes after that. So, I mean, everything that you've said, I feel it's like, it's just going to sponge off of each other. We're, we're going to be able to take it to that next level, Duter. I think I think an important element to consider also is that human connection. And so so when you're talking about giving folks money to succeed, that's an important factor, obviously, right? Because they don't all have the resources like that. The other thing though is the the big idea of mentorship. Mm-hmm. How important yes, mentorship sir. is, right? And so you're such you're such a, a a hustler, a phenomenal businessman. I I would love to set up a student with you that had those same those same aspirations. Although I couldn't say, hey, who out there yeah. <laughs> who out there wants to open up a brewery? I got a guy. <laughs> I can't do that in a high school room. However, between everybody that you have in the foundation, we I, have I, people. I think that I think that if you could find a mentor to match a student, we talked about that in our last meeting. Um, Post pandemic. That seems like it'll be legit, easy to pull off. Time constraints are, I man. I've I've tried, I've tried to sit down with people that that have uh, recommended young young guns, 
coming through the system mm-hmm. and wanting to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right now, it just hasn't worked out, man. One, my plate is full. Like, I, you know, I've you got, got your I've, own kids. Yeah, I've got my own kids to raise. But then, yeah, yeah trying to just link up with somebody else and their schedule it just didn't work. So I tabled that. But it, it looks like we had part of the light at the end of the tunnel is that that is going to free up certain things and we will be able to do that, you know? Right. That's definitely, we don't want to just give you money, pat you on the back and say, hey, good job, Caesar. Go out there and be somebody. You know, <laughs> handle it. You know, it's like, boom, we chose you because of this, Caesar. Yeah. All right. We chose you because of this. We see that you can do this. We want to check in with you, you know, on a monthly, on a semester, on a whatever basis and just check in and see how everything's going. How are you doing? Concerns. Do you need more? If we have it, we can help you. Is it something that is, you know, beneficial to your growth? Okay, cool. Develop that relationship develop that bond. So when they jump to their next level, you know, they're done with college. Now what, you know, I'm going to be a lawyer, a lawyer, whatever. Boom. Okay, cool. We still got connections with you. Let's, let's, let's stay in touch. Whatever you need. We're still here. The foundation keeps growing, keeps pushing along. Bring those alumnus back, bro. Yeah. Be like, Hey, it's your turn to give back. You know, we, we chose you for a reason. Guess what? I have a, I have a young Caesar over here who really wants to become a lawyer. Talk to him. How did, what steps did you take to get to your ultimate goal? Right. You know, that, that's what we want, man. We, we, it, it's, it's legacy at this point. Teach our kids. And in turn, our kids are going to have it easy because they live with us. They got to deal with our bullshit. You know, they see us day in and day out. And it's like, my kids repeat the, 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 the weirdest shit that I say to them, you know? Like, I'll hear them and I'm like, oh, man, fuck, that's me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Next question for you, sir. Yo. Long-term ramifications. What do you think they're going to be for students moving out of this year? Okay. So I'm going to take that question as, you know, these kids have lost a lot of learning, uh, a lot of learning opportunities, right? What we call that is learning loss. (laughs) That's the official term. I'm going to say, just calm down. Yeah. I'm going to say, just take a step back and understand a couple of things. First of all, the idea of grades and what should be accomplished within those grades started off started off as such an arbitrary process that it's like, dude, just let it go for a minute. What, what, what you've seen probably in school is students that could jump from the first grade to the third grade because they already had those skills that in from first and second, right? So the idea of what should be learned in a year it really depends on the student, their home support. It depends on a lot, fam, right? And so what we saw with the pandemic, it actually just exacerbated all of these inequities that existed before. So when people say, damn, you know, the SPED students, they're not getting what they need. Well, they weren't getting what they the, needed before. The what before. students? The what? The what? Special education. Okay, okay. The special education students weren't getting what they need. They're not getting what they need during the pandemic. Well, they weren't getting it before, fam. Anyways, so- my point being this, uh, a year or half a year or three quarters of a year, whatever you feel has been lost, it's going to be made up. It, it, we're going to be able to make it up. Now, the official stance is, oh, we're going to give them more opportunities to earn credits, mm. do more work, more school, everybody. Hey, more school. Más yeah, escuela. Great. Yeah, great. That's awesome. I feel they can make that up. Your, your students and your children are resilient. Uh, they're, they're, Way more than us, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> They're, they're going to be able to make it happen, okay? So so moving forward, I don't see that being a huge issue. Maybe for the next year. I don't even think it lasts two years, but it could. But but honestly, your students can make that work up, man. 
What about teaching kids social emotional skills? That's a big that's a big deal before the pandemic happened, but it's going to be even more of a big deal when we go back. Okay, I'm gonna talk about something else controversial. Is that allowed on this podcast? Nail, please. Puppy dogs and ice creams only. So our school district uh, just renewed their contract with Chula Vista PD, and it was actually kind of a big deal. There were a lot of comments at the board meeting on it. Ooh, give you me know? one, one that sticks out the most. One that sticks out the most? Well, when when kids return to campuses after not being on campuses for over a year, they're going to need counselors and therapists, not cops. Straight up. Okay. okay so why okay. why are we trying to renew why are we trying to renew a contract for a million dollars when that could be spent elsewhere as far as helping on ramp these kids? To campus life, aka defund the police. Some of them have, some of these kids have never seen where they go to school at, right? They just want to go check it out. Some of these kids are just dealing with a lot of stuff at home that we don't know about. The mental health is is a serious it's a serious thing right now. And after a year, it's really affected my own my own child, my nine year old. I've seen it. You know what I'm saying? So at nine, bro. So social emotional learning. Uh, we have, we have folks at the district level that are pushing that kind of information out to teachers, hoping that they can just at least check in with students, hoping that they can take some time aside. Like, Hey, if you need to talk about something later on, we could do that. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of work being done around that. And that's going to be a big deal moving forward, period. End of story. We've been doing that work, fam. This is just the time to put it out on display. Well, this is the time that everybody really starts learning about mm-hmm. it. I think there's some people, there's some teachers, staff members that innately are good at it. They just know how to just stop and talk to a student like, yo, what's what's going on? What can I help you with? And there's some people that are really afraid to take that next step. Everybody's got to do it. Everybody's got to be a part of it. But we do also need the professionals in that area to be on our campuses for our kids. So yeah, man, it's going to be a huge deal. In your district. How many schools do you oversee? Do I oversee? Yeah. Do you have a hand in? Do you do you work with? 17. 17. Yeah. Of those 17 schools, they're middle schools and high schools? They're middle, there's eight middle schools and nine high schools. I'm taking my child to high school. What school am I taking them to? Oh, you're fucking with me now. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. <laughs> Go ahead. Yo, so my I'll wife- give you I'll make it easy for you. One west of the five or one eight, west of the eight oh five, one east of the eight oh five. Okay. So if you were taking your child to high school right now. Okay, obviously your your kids are not high school. I'm a decade removed. If you were doing, <laughs> if you were taking them to high school right now, so East Side, mm. East Side Chula Vista. Is there- for those listeners that are new to the podcast, that's the more affluent, established side. Yeah, might as well be North County, bro. Go ahead, Bonita High, boom, resident, East Lake High, Olympian High. Those are the three. Those are the three. What 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 makes them what they are? What makes them what they are? The educators, the curriculum, the funding, or all of the above? You know what, man? Um, there's just there's just been something going on at those schools for decades, right? And so uh, I worked at Otay Ranch High, which has a lot of great educators, a lot of great students. And, and every year that they would compare the data on test scores. And test scores ain't everything, Mm-mm. right? They ain't everything. We would always get beat out by... Eastlake, Bonita, and Bonita, mm. right? Olympian would always be neck and neck, but somehow they got a little bit higher than us in academics, whatever metrics are being used. So that's why I threw in Olympian. Um, 
But there's just something over there happening with the education. I don't know if it's that they have a lot of gatekeepers, right? A lot of, a lot of prerequisites to get into the higher courses. Do they really? Courses. I don't know. I don't, mm. I what do really you mean don't. you don't know? Those are your schools, bro. I know what's at our school. Mm. Our school had an open door policy for honors and accelerated in AP classes. Anybody could go to them. I've heard, and I don't know, that there are some schools where- This is this, not for you. This is not for you, fam. <laughs> you ain't gonna cut it in here. Damn, I was in that shit, bro. Just, I was in Bonita, so I can attest to mm. Bonita being the best. Mm. But I know, man, I don't, I don't know where I'm gonna take my kids. You know, West side, because I think that's side. where my kids are staying, honestly. You know I what? love the east side, but the west side is the best side. You know what? The the OG stalwart of this mm. of this system is Sweetwater High. Mm. Suhi. Yeah, Sue High. And um I think that they have an amazing campus. They have a lot of great, great educators. And honestly, they have a really good principal, fam. Um, I worked with her as an AP. Um, every principal has their detractors, every principal she's she's business, man. She just handles it. And so if you were to send your kid to school at Suhai, I think you'd be doing them a great service. Um, what else, fam? I mean, that's north of the 54, just to confirm, bro. What? You heard me. That's north of the 54, just to confirm. A block, fam. <laughs> a block. Hey, hey, north is north. <laughs> <laughs> it's still uh, National City. Yeah, which... yeah, it's South Bay. Right, right. Um, I would also say uh, Montgomery High School. Damn, homie, you went to the tip. That's awesome. Yeah. Los Aztecs. Are we still in Montgomery Aztecs or has that changed? No, no, it's still the oh, Montgomery yeah, Aztecs. Cool. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> Shit. It might. It might. <laughs> it might. <laughs> Montgomery, uh, um, also another another great staff. They have great CTE teachers over there. There's a there's a CTE teacher by the name of Joe Amar over there who has um, organized the, the Vex Robotics. He also has kids making their own guitars mm. in his class like legit guitars like not no bullshit fam um and he and he's really looked to as the elder of the career technical educators in 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 our district and then they do have a phenomenal um principal over there by the name of louis zumstein um ex san diego state player Boom. pushing for marshall falk but he's also a big guy on sel a big guy on leading by uh, strengths. Um, and they have a phenomenal after-school program over there, man. They really do. Is it bad that, um, obviously, I'm 20 plus years removed from high school. Mm. Not one uh, teacher or uh, principal, vice principal stands out to me. Okay. I, can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Like, to the life of me, the name of my principal, my vice principal. I want to say Schaefer, Dr. Schaefer, maybe. Mm. And then, like, yeah, teachers. It was whatever, bro. It's not, not one dude like impacted me in that sense. Well, of course it's, 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 of course it's bad. Right. But it's not, it's not, um, an uncommon story. Okay. And so when I, when I do my podcast, one of the things that I ask my guests is like, what teachers made a difference in your life? Mm -hmm. And we've had a couple, two, two out of the, two out of the 60 that I've said, nobody, nobody. Nah. As a matter of fact, we had one that said they actually inspired me to do much better because of pieces of shit they were <laughs> yeah i mean the only one that sticks out with me is a middle school english teacher uh, benita middle seventh grade yeah mr Fickett. mr Fickett told me esteban only motherfucker called me esteban uh, and i was all right cool i like it because everybody else started decided calling me steve because nobody could say esteban i guess okay and mr Fickett in seventh grade benita vista middle was like you don't have to pay attention the radisson will always need people to clean the bathrooms and i was like this motherfucker 
Mm. You know, and, and he, he, his main objective was teaching us fucking, what are those called? The is, am, are, was, were, be, been, been, have, has, had, do, does, did, shall, will, could, would, all of that shit, the prepositional, you know what I'm saying? That guy stuck out, but that guy stuck out because I feel he was gunning for me. You know, I just, I was just a quiet guy. I didn't want to say shit. I didn't want to raise a ruckus. I was just like, you know, boom, boom. I just lost my teeth and shit, bro. Like I was a molacho. I looked like Kevin Arnold's like broke as a little Mexican cousin. So it was like, I just don't want to raise any ruckus, but he, for, he always singled me out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but if I, what you want, you know? And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. Somebody want, somebody's got to clean them bathrooms, bro. I've heard of teachers that will um, staple a, a fast food restaurant application to like a failed test or something like oh. that. And I just think that's- what's the, what's the message there, bro? The message there is that I have no inspiration for you. Mm-hmm. Be better, inside, do better on in, your own. Inside of me. <laughs> Right, so I'm gonna inspire you by by fucking pointing the finger at you. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And and there's always teachers like myself and others who will call folks out on that. They don't like that shit. That was no boy. Nobody nobody likes to get thrown a mirror in their hand and be like, "There it is, bro. There's the issue. Handle it." You're like, oh. oh, I did have a French teacher in high school. It let me do whatever the fuck I want. That's different though. Yeah. That's, that's not, <laughs> that was an that's not inspiring either. I mean, it's comfortable. <laughs> she but was it's like, not inspiring. She was like, Steve, you've been here for this is. I was a senior. like, this is your fourth year in French. You yeah. know, you're, you've learned everything you, know, you need to learn. I just need you to show up, sit in the back, be quiet. If you're going to do what you're going to do in the back, do what you're going to do in the back. And I was like, damn, Ms. Arias, I appreciate you. Merci beaucoup, mademoiselle. Jeb was on a beer in the back. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Word. One more question for me. For me. All right. Oh, you already got all your questions We're done with out. that. Yeah, the other ones pretty much circle the same wagons. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, for me, yeah. Your favorite hip hop album, and why isn't it as good as Illmatic? Go ahead. <laughs> so Nas just won his first Grammy, right? Oh, damn. Damn. And, and and the only reason he didn't win it for Illmatic is because nobody really considered hip hop albums worthy of a Grammy. Back Greatest then. album of all time, right there, bro. Yeah. I don't care what you say. You can throw fucking EPMD, Tribe Called Quest. Um, are both deep rooted love with Grang Star. It doesn't matter. Illmatic mm. reigns supreme. Mm. Not ready to die. Not Pinchy, uh, Tupac, bro. What was the one that put him? Machiavelli. No. I'm gunning with Illmatic. You're right, but you asked me mm. not named Illmatic. Go right? ahead. Uh, the low end theory. Am I, am I, am I West coast homies? You're yeah. going to be mad that of I didn't pick some gangster shit, but, uh, that, that album meant a lot to me. Um, I thought that there might've been two songs that you could skip maybe, maybe two, but I thought, but that's a whole different bail bro. Cause there's some, there's some mediocre, uh, well, not even mediocre. There's some great albums that I won't skip, but they're not the greatest, mm. you know? Shit like fucking Slim Shady's fucking first release was I could I don't I didn't skip anything on there. Everything was like, wow, this guy's doing something completely different. And it just kept me like involved, but by no means is it a fucking top ten album, a top twenty-five album. Right, 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 for sure. There was just a different vibe to Slim Shady though, right? I mean yeah. you listen to that fucking ten days in a row and you want to start a pill habit or something, right? <laughs> but but low end theory was really about connecting jazz connecting pan-africanism like just top-notch production um fife was at his best i mean it's just it's an amazing album and i know that people always say well maybe midnight marauders was better now nah, nah. fuck a low yeah, theory yeah That's, you pick you pick the banger for so sure who are your three top your top three hip-hoppers bro i what don't do care mean? about groups i don't care about mcs i don't three artists in the hip-hop region Genre that you're going to listen to always above and beyond everyone else. That I'm going to listen to above and beyond. 
So on the way over here, uh, I was listening to Too Short. Mm. Life is Too Short, right? Not the best lyricist, but obviously a pioneer and an icon. And his his cadence, bro. It, it's just the way he just spit on top of the tracks. It's like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. So he just hung on every every bar that he do. You're like, all right, next, next. So, so Too Short will always, always be in the loop, fam. Always, okay? <laughs> uh Outcast, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of like Outcast and like UGK and them. And so Outcast has three or four albums that I just will listen to nonstop. And then of course we already spoke on Nas. Nas, bro. Yeah. Man, I feel like for some reason these guys are always like underappreciated and undermentioned. Here we go. But it, 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 oof. Dude, for me, always Gangstar, bro. I love Nas, but Gangstar, it doesn't matter what. I can listen to Code of the Streets. I can listen to Full Clip. I can listen to Mass Appeal. I can listen to Above the Clouds. All of these, bro. They're all bangers. There's just so much to love about hip hop. And for me to leave Gangstar out, obviously, that's a, that's a you know, anybody say, damn, that, that fool's not real. That's a big mistake. I, and, I, and I'm asking you these questions specifically because I know how deep rooted into hip hop you are. I know what you like. I know what you're about. You wear Bat News Bears of Jerseys to pinchy podcast shows. You know, that's how you get down. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how you get down, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then while we're on hip hop, let, let me just send a shout out to my boy that passed away recently, uh, DJ Cutfather, one of the OG pioneers of San Diego mm-hmm. hip hop. Um, I miss that dude. I think about him every day. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was performing hip hop in junior high, Bell Junior High in 1985 with a raccoon hat on. And then to be DJing all over our city, also in Seattle, he's in print, right? He's, he's, he's in books. But anyways, at the, at, at the famous uh, Landlord Gyms, he was mm. DJing back in the nine, early 90s. I mean, I miss that cat every day. And he, he was the one who really... We would just talk about hip hop and just back and forth. And we liked a lot of the same stuff. But every now and then he'd come with an artist that would just be like, what? Like, why are you talking about RBL Posse and E-40? What? And then I'd listen and I'd get it. But got a lot of love for for all kinds of groups in hip hop. Good man. for it's you, tough, man. It's tough to nail down three for you. Ah, but I mean, for me, this is, this is the jam right here, bro. There you go. Right here. Bring it. Bring it. Really? Off Illmatic, there's three jams always. Halftime, it ain't hard to tell. The world is yours. For me, I, I'll listen to them shits always. This is a hype song. I'll listen to this song and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get I it. I love the world is yours. So, Pete, mm-hmm. Pete Rock beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. I'm a big fan of represent. Nazir Jones, bro. So, so it was crazy. I got some boys. They're educators here locally. And, and one, they're both big Jay-Z fans. And mm-hmm. so I didn't even watch the Grammys. Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of them texts me, oh, yeah, Jay-Z's got like five. Nas just got his very first one. And I'm just like, Cat- but never- you don't categorize success by awards, bro. Exactly. You don't. Unless it's baseball. I said, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I said, the only thing that matters on these streets when it comes to hip hop Nas versus Jay-Z is Ether versus Takeover. Oh, bro, that's, Ether, some motherfuckers died on that's that. That's already been settled, fam. That's already been Ty settled. Ty Boho, dog. 
Oh, uh, we sound old right now. Tell me about your podcast, bro. I've been a, I've been a guest on it. You alluded to it earlier in, in, in the conversations with the questions. Yeah. Tell me about the podcast, the name, where I can find it, the format, what you're trying to do. So we're the Educated Guest Podcast. You can find us anywhere you listen to Top Shelf Podcasts. That's, you know, Apple, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn. But for some reason, I don't know how I typed it in there. You have to search for it as all one word. Educated Guest Podcast. Damn, dog. <laughs> or just actually Educated Guest, all one word, and you'll come up with it. Um, I don't know how you find the time. I really, really admire how you do that. We've only gotten 60 episodes done uh, since 2016, mm. I want to say. Um, and so we try to interview anybody that's in the field of education or we feel that educators can learn from and so that was key when I interviewed you. You're clearly not an educator, but people can- Damn, you calling me ignorant, bro? But people can learn from you. No, 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 I didn't say you're, I didn't say you're not educated. I said you're not an educator. You ain't a teacher by trade. You're, you're a businessman and an entrepreneur, but I think that there's things to learn from, from your realm in education. There's things about hustle, customer service, uh, just being innovative with your ideas and trying something different and not being afraid to fail. And when you do fail, you learn from it and say, I'm going to come back again, but with this. Ish, so My biggest fear is failure. Yeah. Impressing family. But it's happened. Always. Shit happens every day, bro. I mean, yeah. some failures come by like, fuck, I forgot my keys. Some yeah. failures come like, damn, I'm late to work. You know, um, got to get up always. You know, we don't quit. We don't stop. My biggest, my biggest fear is failure, letting my, my dad down. My mom is more caring. My mom is more of a safety net. Like you can tell that, yo, this is what's happening. I don't know if I'm going to make it work this time. I just want to give you a heads up with my dad. It's like, no, Miko, no, uh-uh. figure it out. Let's get it. Come on. Okay. And I'm like, I remember having surgery on my mouth one time when I was younger. Um, fuck, I don't know what it was. They put you under back in the day. It was, it was all right. It was all right to get an anesthesia. They would put the, the top gun mask. I felt like fucking Iceman, bro. They put that shit over my face and they say, count back from 10 and blah, blah, blah. And it smelled like strawberries. And then you go under and they did some surgery on my mouth. Uh, I woke up like an hour, two hours later and out of my slumber, the first thing that came, I guess that told me that I was doing, it was like, I got in a, in a, in a shortstop position. Cause I was big into baseball. My dad, my dad was like a big baseball player. Mm-hmm. He was, he was a coach too. And he was my coach. And I guess I came out like of that, like at nine years old, bro. And my, my first reaction was like, okay, Appa, I'm going to play like this and my glove is going to be down and I promise you nothing's going to get by me. And I was, I guess the, the dentist and the, the nurse assistant was telling me that I woke up crying saying, I'm not going to let you down. So ever since then, I was like, fuck, dude, at nine, <laughs> that was like 32 years ago. I was like, shit, this motherfucker. You still remember that. Oh yeah. Those, those there, everything that my parents or my dad has told me from the get on, I use as motivation. Okay. You know, like, Mijo, no, why this? Why that? Do it like this. Do it like that. I use it. It's part of the DNA now. It is, man. And I feel bad because I didn't like it. I don't, I didn't like it growing up. I didn't like that. I always felt like I was competing with what um, my elders, my parents had a bar set for me. Like, oh, fuck. No, let me just do my thing. Let me figure out what my bar is. Yeah. Like, don't put this on over my head and, and make me try to get over it. Let me see where, I, if I can even do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I do it to my kids. And in the last podcast, my kiddos came in, they all hung out, they were sitting there. And then one of them came out because we were just going over certain shit. And I said, man, I feel bad because I have like certain things dug into my kid's head. Mm-hmm. I repeated so much, you know, their fucking favorite song is J-Rock win, you know, <laughs> like, and it's weird. And and, and and I don't, it just subconscious to me. Like we listen to certain songs. I'm like, oh, it's a good song. Like, listen, 
He's telling you what's important, like how to do this, how to do that. Mm -hmm. And then my son came up and I said, Pico, tell Ben, el de happy days, tell Ben what we're about. And he's fucking, he's seven years old, bro. He's like, we don't quit. Yeah. We don't lose. We're Garcias. <laughs> and I and <laughs> I should be hype, you know, like, yeah. That. But I'm like, fuck dog, they're like little minions now. And they're little, like I want them to fail, fuck up, break bones, destroy themselves and pick themselves up. Right. Because ultimately my message to them is pick it up. Yeah. Don't just give up. We don't give up. You never throw in the towel. Like you have a support group. You are some lucky ass fucking kids. Both your parents are still together. One, which is fucking very rare these days. Mm -hmm. Both sets of grandparents are both alive and well and still together themselves, which is a fucking, you know, if you start separating things like pretty soon, they're the only ones in the hand in the room with their hands up. Like, Oh, does this, are you in this category? They're like, yes. You know? So it's like, I want them to realize that they are on an easier path. I was on an easier path because of my parents, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I just want them to take full advantage of all the opportunities that we have for them. And I don't know if I'm going to do that shit the right way, dog, because I'll fuck it up. <laughs> last, last parenting, last parenting. Oh man. my God, dog. So as we close out. Oh, well, you got somewhere to go, motherfucker? closing out, right? Do you tell me, dog? I, I do want to talk about a couple of things that are important for people to understand. I'm ready. People that are listening, mm. people that are parents, got kids in the school system. I'm out of whiskey, I'm out of beer, so let's see what you got. I, I want folks to understand that the decision to close schools ultimately has saved lives. Even though I lost somebody very, very important to me, I believe that the decision to stay closed this long has saved lives. And so one thing that I've done as a union teacher leader uh, is, is I've made sure that the schools will be safe or safe as safe as possible when teachers and students return. What I don't want is a student to bring it home to a family member that hasn't been vaccinated or something like that. That's my biggest fear. But we've been at this for a year, fam. And as of today, as of today, we're in the red tier, right? And so there's a lot of panic out there going on about, from teachers about, I don't want to go back. I don't, hey, man, it's getting to be that time, y'all. You know, we've, we've been safe. We've been at home. We've been able to enjoy a lot of freedoms that we never had but at, at some point in time, and that time is now, it's getting close, you, you got to start getting ready to go back. And the other thing I want to tell parents out there is that don't think we didn't want to go back. You know, people, anybody that says distance learning has been great, they're fucking full of shit. It's been great for them. It ain't been great for the students in mass, mm. right? And so there's a lot of us, myself included, my wife included, um, that want to go back. We're ready to go back. Okay, so don't think that we didn't want the schools open. We just want to be chilling at home on our couch. So a lot of us have been pushing, man, like it's it's time. We're making it safe. Let's go back. If you're going to put a percentage on, because obviously everybody doesn't want to go back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's the percentage of teachers, educators that don't want to go back? Mm. Wow. So in our district, I want to say it was something to the effect of, like 80% that wanted to continue doing distance learning. 20% um, going back would be enough to meet the reopening requirements for the governor. But yeah, it was a large percentage that were pushing back. Now this, this poll was probably taken maybe a month and a half ago. Okay. Things may have changed. I mean, vaccines have vaccine. become more readily available. Yo, 20% of the population has got COVID already. And then you see the vaccinations. I don't even know what percent that's up. That's just, that's... It's crazy, right? And so all of that is creating what is real herd immunity, not some bullshit that you see some 
Sweden. <laughs> That's some bullshit you see some from people on social media. Yeah, let's just go out there and get sick. That's how we get herd immunity. No. But uh but but things are becoming safer, man. And so so definitely I'm ready to go back, even though there might be a large population kind of pushing back on this. And the other question, the other side of your question is what percent of parents want to send their kids yeah. back? Yeah. And and I think of the students we asked, uh half of them want to come back of the parents that we said, you know, you qualify to return. How many of y'all want to come back? Only half. So there's this big assumption that, you know, all parents want their kids back in schools. Well, that's not necessarily true. You're just hearing the loudest ones out there. So you got to keep that shit in mind, man. Final thoughts, bro. I think I gave them to you. That was a wrap. I think I gave them to you. I, I'm, I'm ready to get back into classroom teaching. Um, I live by Chula Vista High School, home of the Spartans. Not your school, but a great school, right? Mm. And, and I saw the young ladies practicing soccer. How's that make you feel? And I saw the young men practicing football. And I, welled, I, I, I got this feeling inside, bro, the goosebumps. And they probably thought I was crazy, but I started honking my horn and fist pumping. Because it felt so good to see those students back on campus like, okay, we're finally starting to get back to normal. So that's my final thoughts, man. I'm ready to get back to normal. Caesar, thank you for coming in, bro. Come in more frequently. What the hell, man? Why are you scared? Ain't no, ain't no one going to hurt you here. You're in a safe place. We all love you here, bro. We all love you here. Appreciate you having me, man. It's been a long time in the workings. Siempre, siempre, doggy. I love your podcast. I love the work that you do at the brewery. Keep doing your thing, man. What about the bar? What the fuck's wrong with you? You don't like the bar? The Elwood? Yeah. <laughs> Some suspicious clientele. Yeah, man. motherfucker, specifically you on the corner at the end table. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> don't out me like that. Never, man. dog. I never go to the Elwood. <laughs> Solid, dog. Thank you for being a part of this today. I appreciate you. And for all of you out there, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow the website. We're we're everywhere right now. We've got people backing us. We have a we have a, a high threshold. We have goals that we want to reach, and through Patreon, you guys can be part of that too. Um, we're just happy to be being able to put this podcast out for you guys on the daily. Right now, I'm pushing like three shows a week, just trying to get as many people on here and out there to you. Thank you, thank you to our big sponsor, the Grasshopper, and make it all happen. We look forward to bringing more video content to our YouTube channel. Until then, check you later.